you fall off, you get back on and go. You got to get back on. All right. Everybody got their phones muted. Sean, you got your Shane. Sean, you got your microphone set up properly. I do. I, I, I ran some tests to find optimal location for for the uh, audio circumference. Audio circumference. Nice. Right. Nice. So I, right. think this, I think this is as good as it gets. Excellent. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get this mother started in three, two, one. Go ahead and kick us off. Our word of the day is extra mundane. It is an adjective. Beyond our world or the material universe. Frank, your spirit is extra mundane. It only gets like that when you refuse to touch it. That's what's up. Um, I don't even remember what our sponsor is of the day all of a sudden. You were going to go with the Tejas Chocolate Barbecue. Tejas Chocolate and Barbecue, or as I like to call it, uh, Cocoa and Barbacoa. Up there in uh, uh, north uh, North Houston, Texas, some of the best brisket you've ever had. Get go up there and get yourself some of that uh, brisket uh, sandwich. Amazing! All their sides are amazing, and they've got really good beer to boot. Tell them Frank and Shane sent you for an extra piece of butcher paper for That's right. free. <laughs> That's right. They'll give you a plastic fork. And I also want to remind you to make sure and clean with your tushy bidet attachment. Couple of squirts and you'll be so fresh and so clean. Ah. I feel like we need to play some outcast now. I know, right? That would be nice. So fresh and so clean. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hold On, I'm Almost There. A show about life's little annoyances, personal growth, dad life, and so much more with your hosts, Frank and Shane, a.k.a. Grassel. So have a seat, do them chores, or twist a wrench while we dive down the rabbit hole. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Close the damn door, man. You're letting all the Wi-Fi out. <laughs> Today's guest needs no introduction. He was with us for episode five. He is the always awesome and the incredibly swole Tom Mungia. Hey, guys. Nice to be back. Good to see you again. Welcome back, brother. What? What? I just want to kick everything off again. Second kickoff by yelling out Enunaki. <laughs> that was the original uh, time when we had you last. Was when we were all just yelling it out into the moon. So <laughs> we, we probably talked about the Enunaki at least two or three more times for no good reason other than I think it's it sounds funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. I've got trigger words now, so whenever whenever I hear those consonants together, I just Inunaki. It, just, it happens. It happens. It happens. So, how you been, man? What you been up to? Man, I've been good. I'm just working, uh, making it day by day. Uh, still trying to get this uh, personal training going. Working on a book I'm trying to get written. There's some short stories I'm trying to write. Just oh man, keeping myself busy. You know, this COVID stuff still you know, kind of slowing things down, but you just got to persist, keep going, and uh, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there eventually. Heck yeah, dude. Can you give us some nuggets on what your books are about or give us a short story or I don't know if you like to. Short stories are basically like stuff that happened uh, in my, uh, like in my childhood, stuff that goes on in my career, family stuff. My plan with that is I want to make a collection of these short stories and uh, basically it'll be like a keepsake for my family, you know, down the road so they can read stuff that happened to me and my wife and our family in general. And, you know, I like my grandkids to read it, maybe their kid, you know, just something ah. for the family to have to, to look back and say, well, and laugh, you know, I try to write it in a funny way, almost like, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Big Fish. 
Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, it's, it's kind of awesome. like that. Where they, yeah, all these things happen that I write about. But yes, there's a little bit of you know extra added. You know, to just sure. to, to lighten sure. it up, make it funny, and uh, but that you know that's what I plan. I write a little bit short stories uh, every couple of months. I'll put some on Twitter, and uh, people usually you know like them, find them pretty funny, and I always get asked if this really happened. But yes, yes, it happened. Oh, uh, one of the stories y'all might have missed is how I actually won the second championship for the Houston Rockets when they repeated. <laughs> that was <laughs> From my perspective, it's absolutely true. You were out there teaching uh, teaching the dream shake? Now, well, no. You know, you know, we all have these superstitions. And I had a superstition. Mine was I had to run 10 miles within 60 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Because back then, I used to be a marathon runner. So I had to do that every day that they were going to play. The days I did it, they won. The days I didn't do it, they lost. And when I realized what was happening, I did it, and that's when they swept the Orlando Magic in the final. It was all you, brother. It was, it was all, all you. Me. Never yeah. got a ring. Wow. I didn't get a banner. I didn't get an angel down. <laughs> that's right. It wasn't, you know it wasn't Elijah on. It was you hitting that 10 miles in 60 minutes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Good Lord. Good Lord. So, hmm. So, with you being the reason for the season of winning championships... If you had to invent a new sport, what would it be? You know what? Uh, I saw that earlier. You know, when we were little, we were all the masters of doing this, right? We could invent a sport on the spot. And when I was young, me and my cousin, we were always at my grandparents in the summer. And one of the, the games we played, I guess you could call it dodge baseball. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and... You'd always take your grandma's best broom, you know, the red or the blue one, the brand new one, you know, real shiny. You'd break the, break the handle off, right? So now you got your bat. We'd go ball up some newspaper. Then we'd go find, you know, your grandpa's duct tape, which, you know, he'd be furious because it's so expensive, right? He hates you using his duct tape, but we take it anyway. Wrap that paper up real tight. You got your ball. And it's just me against him. So there's no first baseman to throw the ball to. There's, so what do you do? You just throw it at him. Oh did you uh, did you play ball. with did you play with ghost runners? No, no, no. No ghost runners. You, you hit the ball, he catch it, and if you you try to get you'd only have one base. You had to run down across the street and back. You had to do that. <laughs> if he hits you with the ball, you're out. Now it stung, you know. Obviously it did, but the more you hit the ball, the you know the the softer it got. So you know it all worked out. But that wow. you know, and those were the best times, really, too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just coming up with imaginary. Imaginary rules, games, the whole thing. What about you, Shane, man? What if you had to invent a game? Well, I have invented a game. Oh. Um, well, my, my old boss and I, when I worked in Missouri, it, we, had, um, we had like a Nerf basketball. But we kind of turned it into a golf thing. So it was uh, we had a basement, and we had one, two, three, at least four rooms in the main, in the main area, the showroom and the, the tech room and the office and, and a little kitchen. And so we would put the basketball hoop in the basement. And in order to advance, it was one of these things where the first hole was you had to hit two walls and then wherever it lie, that's where you play it from. And then you've got to hit ceiling floor and a wall. And then you've got to hit a counter, the coffee pot, and, you know, a, a cabinet. And so we made a, a nine-hole basketball golf course where, you know, wherever the ball landed, that's where you shot from next. And then the last shot had to be into the basket. And we would probably spend, we would lock up the doors at like 4.30 or 5. He'd bust out the MGD. And we'd spend about an hour playing this weird golf basketball game. Yeah, that's a oh trip. Goodness. Man. Oh, it was no super kidding. fun. Yeah, super it sounds fun. fun. And he was the most competitive person I've ever met, and he hated it when I beat him. And I beat him a lot because I'm dope uh, at at stupid games. I get good at I get good at stupid games. Frank knows. I I've schooled him on foosball time and time and time again, and I had never played 
before I started playing with Frank. Until I got good, and then I started wearing you down. I don't know if you got tired or what, but I remember beating you at least once. You would always call me. <laughs> you would always call me up at two o'clock. I would hit my wall at two o'clock because all the coffee had worn off, and Frank would text me, "Hey man, let's go play some foosball." And we had this rickety table. It was a good table until we started playing. Oh it my just, god! Yeah. Legs would start going sideways and falling apart. Yeah. I think it was burned for scrap. It was made out of plywood, you know. It was made out of particle board. And then the the two Vietnamese guys that work with us, you know, once once they decided that we were good enough to play, they would just absolutely house us. Oh, yes. Ben. Holy moly. He was an older guy in his, what, in his 50s? 50s. And he would just destroy. Frank and I played him two-on-one, and he demolished us. I mean, it was like dirt stomping. You could see the dust settle when he was done. It was so incredible to watch his skill set. Yes, it was. Oh, my goodness. That guy, Uncle Ben, man, that guy was amazing. He's he's still around. He is. We just don't work with him anymore. But, yeah, man, that guy, he could whip that ball around with those little people. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. It was like watching the Ocho. <laughs> yes, if there was a if, if the Ocho broadcast foosball championship games, they would be they would recruit Ben and he would be able to do the color commentating. He would be the um what is that the old quarterback for the Cowboys? Uh Romo. Romo. He would be the Tony Romo of foosball because the guy, I mean, he he knows while, what would happen before it while, happened. While he's playing. While, he would, exactly, he would, yes. He would tell you what's about to happen <laughs> while, while he's playing and, and just killing you. See, yeah. people like that, there needs to be some awards. Mm-hmm. For, these really people good. need recognition, you know. Amen. Absolutely. Right. Well, Absolutely. we're giving him recognition now on our there you go. podcast for all 13 people that listen. Yes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tag him on it. I, I'm sure he's out there on Instagram just rocking it. Cause I I tell you, man, that guy's got some. He's he's a. I bet you he's a different character outside of work, man. I, I bet you he's just like some. You know, I don't know. I don't even want to go into that because there's no telling what I might what I might rumble out of the bushes with that, man. <laughs> yeah, some of the stories, some of the things that have come out of his mouth just off the fly. Have made yeah. me go. What did you say? Mm-hmm. Some of the pictures that I've seen on his phone as well, man. The guy had. <laughs> Want to know he, about that? <laughs> he had a grocery bag that was filled to the rim uh, with bundled money, like <laughs> it was rubber band money. I was like, good lord! I I, I swear the guy is like a, a, a kingpin of something. I don't know if he like. Oh. If he makes bowling balls on the weekends and he sells them for cash, or I don't know what his deal is, but the maybe dude has baseball lessons. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's an interesting cash guy, though, for sure. Cash only. Man, for real, crazy, crazy man. So, uh, so talking more about hey, sport. You didn't say what what your what your uh, game would be. I'm not that creative, man. I don't think I could come up with anything. But if I had to. Um, when I was younger, me and my cousin, uh, Lucas, we used to watch basketball and if something like that came around in real life, you know, I would, I would try to give it a go. Cause that was just the most ridiculous movie. And then just the game itself. I, I mean, I think it would be kind of fun. And and I think the one thing that real sports should adopt from that, from that movie is the losers having to wear the losers hat. (laughs) <laughs> you know, they show them the losing shirt, losers hat, and then you gotta wear it. That's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Man, could you imagine having to put an asterisk next to that if you got caught cheating? You have a big old <laughs> asterisk on your loser hat. Crazy, oh, crazy. The sombrero so, of shame. <laughs> <laughs> the sombrero of shame. And you have to have like salsa and guacamole <laughs> at the top and the rim. People come around and Dip their and chip. Then you in. have a parade too down the streets, and but yeah. everybody's booing and yelling yeah. profanity. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and it would have hey. it would have to be led by a donkey. 
Yes. <laughs> and they would release they would release the uh, those uh, birds that hang on the wires that like swarm down during traffic to eat the food, popcorn and stuff that people drop. Maybe some uh, maybe some killer bees. No, no. Now you're just getting mean. Golly. <laughs> now he's getting. Mean. I, I guess that's that's where we draw the <laughs> line. Over, yeah, Killer bees is where we draw the line. But maybe <laughs> some non-venomous snakes thrown at him by the neighbors is a okay. That's all right. Yes, absolutely. So when was the last time uh, you you've been uh, golfing? Have you been out golfing recently? Tom? Oh, um, I went a couple of weeks ago. I like to hit a little par three course. Um, it's, you know, it's got 18 holes. Uh, I like to get out there just to, you know, work on my swing, what they call the short game, right? Because uh, the, the better I've gotten with that, you know, the better I've scored. Um, and I get out there as often as I can. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen people always make fun of me because I go out there with, you know, suntan lotion and my shirt you know a little cut off shirt that's, I have you know, that's that. on my you know tan i try to so, keep my you know good color and all that so so but you're not no, yeah, you're I'm, not dressing up in the appropriate apparel no no i'm not definitely not um just go out there with some tunes i start jamming and just you know you go off onto your little world work on your game and uh, that's one of my favorite things to do you know if i've got like a two-hour window that i know i'm free man i'm heading out there as often as possible that's awesome, man. I'm I'm uh, I played disc golf last weekend. I'm playing disc golf again this weekend. I too am trying to work on my short game. I really don't have have it down, but my my putts, man. I laid a mean putt last weekend that even the guys that are really good on on our on uh, our our group were looking at me like you did not just make that putt. Awesome. It's not nearly as cool as golf, but I enjoy it. How do you putt? In, uh, yeah, I was about to say that's like me saying I read an audio book. You, <laughs> I took home ec from an online course. Yeah, as, there uh, you go. As Ryan would say, no. So there's a different disc for putting, and it goes most most discs will fade to the left. Uh, there are a few discs that will fade to the right, but most discs will fade to the left. A putter is a little heavier. It's floppier. It's rubberier. It's not a hard, as hard of a plastic. It's more of a rubber and it'll go, if you throw it, it just goes straight. And so, you know, what's the, what's the usual distance for that? Uh, I know a guy that can throw a, a putter 150 feet, but get out. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a monster. His name is Flippo. He's awesome. He's probably the best guy that we play with and he gives people pointers, but I don't try and throw a putter on my drive like he does, but I think at that time I was probably about 25, 30 feet out when I hit that putt. And that's a pretty good, pretty good distance to hit a putt. So it's just like golf, how you threw the other disc determines how long your putt is. Right, right. Like your power, your power determines, you know, your putting distance and your accuracy determines your putting distance. Um, I, I watch a lot of, uh, not a lot, but I watch some videos on YouTube of, uh, cause there's the pro, there's the, uh, pro disc golf and watch these guys and just kind of see what their delivery is and what they're doing to maybe uh, affect or change or learn, which I can't, you know, it's all such a fast motion. I can't really pick it up. I just go out there and just try and chuck plastic, man. So does anybody ever cheat and bring out like a hockey puck? And they're like, yeah, I'm about to put this. I'm about to, I'm throwing this. It's going to be awesome. Watch. No, no. I mean, we're pretty liberal on our rules at times. Like if you go out of bounds or if you if you're stuck in a tree, you know, we we don't we don't we're not hardcore about the rules. We try and give because we're just a bunch of guys out there hanging out. Um, but it's a good time. I've, I played in college quite a bit and then I stopped for many, many years and I found this group of guys that like to go play. And uh, I got the blessing from the wife to go out and do something I enjoy. So uh, every Saturday morning, uh, if I can, I'm trying to go out there. So, if you were asked to be one of the very first humans to colonize Mars, A, would you go? B, are you taking disc golf or regular golf with you? Me, personally, I I probably would not go because I feel like the environment would be too claustrophobic for me. 
but if I did go, if there wasn't really a choice or I was dumb enough to sign up, it would be disc golf. Because, I mean, playing golf on Mars with the way the atmosphere is, you might just hit that ball straight off the freaking planet, man. Exactly. You you might you that, might that's like, what that's what I love about that. <laughs> if I just hit it right off the planet. Yeah, now if yeah. I if I went to the moon, I would absolutely take some clubs and and some balls because I would want to just nail that thing as far as I can and see if I can hit a satellite or something. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, I'd go just so I could be able to come back and tell my friends I actually hit a ball into orbit. I put a yeah. ball. In, <laughs> you know, I'm always bragging about how far I can hit a drive. You know, to actually say and be truthful. You know. Yeah. I'd put a ball into orbit, man. I don't think you would, Tom. I think that ball would disintegrate right there off the tee. Yeah, I like hit it. A... I hit it 300 kilometers. <laughs> yeah, we tracked it with a laser. Yeah. Man, I wonder sometimes, like, uh, what's that place called? Top Flight or the golf? Right, yeah. right. So how do they do? They have sensors inside the ball that they track, or do they tra- what do they track those things with? Because I know you can get like your distance, your speed, your if it if it shanked on you or whatever. What are they calculating that with? I wonder. Um, I've actually never been there, but I know there's apps you can hook up to your phone, and it will tell you all that information. Oh wow! I've uh, been there. Just- I've been there a couple times um, just to just to knock them around and they've got these little, uh, you know, they've got the netting and then they've got these holes out there, these big holes mm-hmm. that you can kind of try and aim for. I did not know that they had a system where you could really track your ball, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it gives you stats like this. It's a whole thing. Those dudes, the from what I understand, I don't know if it's true or not. And I may have may or may not have gotten my information wrong but from what i understand those the dudes that came up with that are from dallas like they started it up in dallas and i mean who knows how many they have now but it was just like hey let's make ski ball for golf and they're they're scrooge mcducking it right now just jumping into all that coin man my goodness maybe we should come up with something cool like that we'll make we'll make a basketball court and uh yes or that other game you're talking about in your basement i it's the best it's the best <laughs> you know basketball nerf golf um yeah all day we should we go. should have get a warehouse and make that up nerf ball nerf ball like it i like it man good grief <sighs> so hmm let's see what else we got here uh you talked about your week earlier tom um have you been out on any crazy calls this week i know you get to see some pretty rowdy stuff man uh we do get to, to see some rowdy stuff but like i said now i'm at a what they call a slow station so we're not really that busy and i haven't really gotten any crazy calls we did make a it was a terrible uh, GSW, a gunshot. Uh, mm. And you're, the crazy thing is we're actually seeing it as it's happening. Oh, We have to stage. You know, you, you can't go too close because there's a guy running around with a gun. He shot somebody, and he's, you know, still out there with his gun. So we have to stage far enough away so that we're safe. But somebody was calling it in to the dispatch center. And they're relaying us these messages. So we're reading what's transpiring while we're sitting there in the medic unit waiting for the police to show up. And uh, the police, uh, it took them, you know, it took them quite a while to get there. So once they got there, uh, we realized the man had also shot himself. Oh, Oh, no. They were both, you know, they were both uh, gone by the time we got there. So what kind of what kind of firearm did he have? Uh, I think it was just a nine millimeter. He shot himself with a nine millimeter and he didn't survive. No. Wow. Lost. That's some, right that's some temple. pretty, pretty good shot placement through the temple. Oh, That'll yeah. do it. Yeah. That'll do it. it the yeah. <laughs> Dang. So yeah, we were going to. One side came out the other. Oof. Oof. Um, that's about the craziest stuff we make on, uh, I, I don't I don't know what your definition of crazy is, but Tom, that's damn crazy. Yeah, dude. 
<laughs> your your level of crazy and my level yes. of crazy are yes. obviously very yes. different. Yes. If and you're yes. like, it was a slow week, guy shot himself in the head. I would be like, I need therapy um, and about a case of bush light. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess, unfortunately, you know, that's, you know, we see something like that. And OK, it's done. We're, we go back and eat lunch. That's it. Go go back, get some pastrami. Yeah. Oh, my God. Order up the Pasquale. The crazy thing was back when I was younger and at a busy station, and this was just nonstop 24 hours a day. Mm. Just making those calls. That's crazy. Wow. I've I've often wondered, like, if 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 uh, I was in uh, an apocalyptic scenario and I had to witness death, or if I had to take a life to preserve my family or my clan or whatever the case may be, I, I wonder how that would affect my mentality and affect my brain. If I would be the guy that would just be like, "Okay, that's done, moving on," or if it would just cripple me, you know. But I guess you get used to anything. You do get used to it, yeah. Yeah. Wow, dang! So we were gonna make this into a Halloween special because I'm gonna try my hardest to get this out either Friday night or Saturday morning. Um, you had mentioned you had a couple of stories, some pretty wild Halloween-related <laughs> calls that you were on. Uh, man, I I really want to hear those. <laughs> well, one of them, my favorite, it, uh, is this with a chupacabra. Chupacabra. Yeah. Uh, we we responded to a call. This was many years. Uh, me and my buddy, and we showed up, and it's a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood where we're at. And this little boy, you know, he was riding his bike, and he fell and scraped his knee. So uh, my partner's taking care of the, the kid. You know, he's cleaning it, wrapping it up, and you know, all of our equipment, like you know, the heart monitor, all that, it's not needed. So I'm putting it back in our unit, and I put it in there, and. Uh, as I'm standing there waiting, these two little boys come riding down the street. And it's getting dark, you know, and there's a, it's a heavily wooded area. There's big trees everywhere. And they come riding up to me, and I see them. I said, hey, you know, what are y'all doing out here? Y'all going to get hit by a car. It's too dark. I need to go home. They're probably like seven, eight years old. But, of course, they're, they're nosy, you know. They want to know what happened. And, you know, they just look at me. They're looking at that little kid. And, hey, what, what happened? I said, well... He was out here riding his bike in the dark, and a chupacabra came out of the street and bit him right on his feet. And they looked at me and they said, oh, oh. I said, yes, sir. I said, you're lucky. That, uh, he hasn't gotten you yet. Y'all better get home or he's going to come down. He might eat y'all. And they're like looking at me. They're just laughing at me, right? Oh, and they just they get on their bike. They start riding back down the street where they came from. But I didn't notice. At the end of the street, a little old lady had walked down to the end of her driveway. And she's standing out there, and I'm thinking she's just being a nosy old lady, right? Like they all are. So they, of course, I'm watching them. What they see, you know, I'm kind of concerned they don't get hit by a car because it was dark. But of course, they pulled into the driveway where the old lady was, and I could see like the old lady with her hands motioning, like, "What happened?" So of <laughs> no. course, they told the old lady what happened. And I could see them gesturing, pointing to the tree, pointing to their knee. Oh my god! Now this old lady. She had looked like Yoda, you know, all hunched over <laughs> with it. She, out she grabbed those two boys, one in each hand, off of those bikes, threw them on the ground, and oh, no. she jumped on top of them. Oh, she's like cutting their heads, and they what? start belly crawling, crawling like you know, like you see them crawling under the barbed wires in the military. Oh my god. Up their heads worried that this chupacabra is going to come out of the tree and attack them. Oh, no. yelling at my partner today. Hey, man, hurry up. I'm like, now I'm worried the old woman broke her pelvis. She's going to break her arm. Oh, my God. <laughs> that old lady had the vision, man. She thought chupacabra was real. Yeah. No, yes. she, knew they were real. she knew they were real. Oh, so, you know, I'm just watching the whole time, and I'm just nervous. Like, man, why did I have to go and tell those stupid little kids that and then, you know, my finally was done. I said, man, just get in. Let's go. And we, we took off. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to get. You're like, I'm so going to I wonder what happened, you know, with the old lady. And, uh, <laughs> you know, those kids are grown men now, but they're probably, you know, telling she, people oh how. She probably went in. She went inside. She made him some uh, some charo soup and uh, got him some beans and some onions and some bacon. And they were all good. 
Yeah, right, dude. Oh. She had some chicken feet. She was burning <laughs> sage. She was probably What's... had like two cloves of garlic around her neck. Like she was just <laughs> going at it, rattling some uh, rattlesnake tail. <laughs> well, Tom, Tom, don't feel bad because I, I scared the ever living crap out of a kid uh, one day in a maybe in a much worse way. So you shouldn't feel bad. Uh, I was living in Missouri and my wife and I were going on this uh, kind of a spelunking tour through some caves there in Missouri. And it was, you know, there was like, you know, maybe 15, 20 people. And so we're getting kind of deep into the caves. You know, it's lit, but where the light doesn't hit, it's pitch black, right? Yeah. So you can't tell if this little wedge in the wall is two feet deep or 200 feet deep. It's just absolutely the blackest black you've ever seen in your life. And so I'm just standing there. We're listening to the guy talking about the cave and this and that. And some little kid is looking into this deep, dark crevice which once again, you can't really tell how deep it is. And so I'm, I'm in my early thirties and I, you know, I love kids. I always have loved kids. And I thought I was going to, Hey kid, you know, what are you doing? You know, where's your parents? And he goes, how far back do you think that goes? I said, I think that goes a hundred miles. And he goes, Oh, should I go in there? I go, no, you shouldn't go in there. Cause the monsters will get you. And he goes, my dad told me monsters aren't real. And he just ran and screamed. Oh my God. And I was like, Oh shit! <laughs> what did I just do? I was like, "What did you do?" I did, and I told her the interaction, and she was like, "You are such an idiot! You can't tell some other person's kid that. They're oh probably gonna God. stab you in the face." <laughs> Dang! I was kidding with him. He looked old enough to know better. You know, he looked like he was at least ten, and uh, you know, may have been five. I don't know, but whatever. It's hard to tell when it's that dark. That kid did not sleep <laughs> that night. He did not because you 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 could not tell how deep each crevice of the cave was where where the you know the lamp posts weren't hitting. Man, I bet you that kid never became a peeping tom though. Boy, he ain't looking in no crevices nowhere <laughs> ever. That, that kid became an accountant because he's like, I need things that are safe. <laughs> <clears throat> nope, nope, he literally became a bean counter at H-E-B. You traumatized him so bad, he counts beans now. Probably so. He's, he probably works for uh, Budweiser there in uh, in Missouri. They have a big Budweiser factory. He counts the hops. He counts the hops one. One. Two hops, three hops. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. enough. This is enough for this crevice. I, I need to move on, sir. <laughs> I've had enough. Thank you. Uh, what are some other stories? What are some other crazy stories? I know you had mentioned one where um, there was like a what, what? Oh man, you said like this lady was like cracked out when y'all walked oh, up on her or something like all that. All the angel stories. Yeah. Now this one was a long time ago, also, and uh, we get a call and it comes in as a like woman laying in the street, and of course <laughs> it's got to be like three in the morning, right? So, uh, you know, we pull up and it's this dark, deserted, lonely street. Um, it's one of those streets where people just go and dump trash in, you know, at the end of the street. There's like nothing on either side, big ditches on each side, only one uh, street light. And she's laying right there where the street light is shining in the middle of the road. She's just laying there. It's creepy. You know, we're pulling in, you know, and we look like was she dead you know you know we're asking each other you know what's going on with this woman she's just laying there so finally of course i figure i might as well go out there so i open the door i go walking up to her and as soon as she hears me and she sees she comes running up just comes running at me so now i'm like really nervous this woman might have a knife she you know who knows what she's gonna do but she's screaming and yelling oh help me help me help me and i'm like well, okay well you know i'm just making sure that she doesn't have anything on her and she doesn't and i said okay well let's step upside in here let's get inside the uh the medic unit and uh i can check you out and we can help you all right okay so she jumps in there she jumps in the stretcher and she's like you gotta help me help me i said well what's going on tell me what happened why are you out here she goes you you gotta understand this is not me i'm like what do you mean this is not you what are you what are you talking about she goes it's the devil he caught me he caught me he said i'm not from here she said i'm an angel I said, oh. what 
She said, he ripped my wings off and stole my body and put me in this body here. I was like, <laughs> wow. What are you talking about? And she's like, oh, man, she's telling me this whole wild story. And then she keeps telling me he's coming back. He's coming back. We got to get out of here before he comes back. And this, you know, I'm sure she's crazy, right? She's on some kind of drugs and something. But when somebody's telling you this and you're in this dark, deserted road that the mm-hmm. devil's coming right now. You leave. I'm like, yeah. I'm about to say, hey, <laughs> yeah. Start rolling towards the hospital. Yeah, I've seen enough. Wow. I've seen enough movies to know that you just go ahead and say, you know what, yeah. you're probably right. Let's go. Yeah, wow. So she's telling me, help me? Are you gonna help me? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do my best. She goes, what if your three sons needed help? And I looked at her. I had three sons at the time. Oh wow! Wow. Whatever. You know, and in my brain, I'm just thinking, lucky guess. You know, whatever. Lucky guess. And of course, you know. I am a little freaked out because I'm not looking at the window because I know I'm going to see two red eyes glaring at me <laughs> from the devil. Uh, hurry up to the hospitals. But, I'm, you know, I check her out. You know, I make sure everything's fine. Uh, and everything was fine. And uh, we Every, finally hold get- on. Everything was fine? You didn't find any kind of uh, drugs? Oh, well, I'm obviously, about, you I'm didn't. I'm talking about her blood pressure. I'm talking about her vital signs. Okay, I okay. See, I mean, the way she was going on and on in her you know, her heart rate was a little bit elevated, which would tell you she's probably on something, but nothing dramatic. Or she's afraid of the devil because he's well, about to go get her. Right. <laughs> and like, I'm trying to do, uh, you know, I have to fill out my paperwork. So I asked her, what's her name? I said, what's your name? She said, my heaven name or my earthly name? What? Well, what's your, what's your angel name? And she told me like these clicks. It's like it was this weird, I can't even uh, reproduce. They're like a bunch of clicks and all these different sounds. I'm like, uh, well, go ahead and tell me your earth name. And it was something <laughs> like Sarah or something like that. You know, and she gave me all this information that I needed. So I'm just, the whole time, it's just, it's, you just get this eerie vibe from this person, right? Wow. And I'm, finally, we get to the hospital. We're there. We go up to the, the counter, and I'm there's a, what they call a triage nurse. That's the nurse that you tell, hey, this is what's going on. And there's another person there that gets all the uh, insurance information to turn mm-hmm. into the hospital. So this woman's adamant. Somebody needs to help me. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And so, we're, we're, ma'am, just calm down. You know, we're going to do the best we can for you. Um, we just got to answer some questions first. Let me get some information from you. So the girl that does the registration comes up and she's asking her some questions. And the girl said, you need to help me. Please find somebody to help me. What if, and she said a name like Johnny, needed help. Wouldn't you want somebody to help him? The girl's, her eyes bugged out. And she looked at me as the, the, the patient started talking to the triage nurse, and she mouthed the words, that's my son's name. Shut the Holy front door. To you, Dude, the hair on my arms are shaking yeah. right now. Yeah, like I just got it. girl freaked out, and she goes back, she goes back around the, the counter, and she sits down, and she's just kind of looking at me, looking at that lady. And uh, they told me what room to take her to. So I'm taking her. And uh, my partner said, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and, and take her on to the back. So he's going. And as she's being carted away, she just keeps looking at me. Help me. Help me. You know, you told me you were going to help me. Help me, please. And just the whole time, I'm like, what if this woman was telling me the truth? Really? What, if you know? what if she's an angel trapped in a yeah. human body? Why? I mean, you're going to think that, right? It was just one of the craziest feelings, one of the craziest experiences uh, that I ever uh, had been through at that point in my career. And it's just God. it was just one of the weirdest things. And for her to to say those things, you know, lucky guesses, I don't know. But uh, I know Man, it that's... freaked me out. And it freaked that little uh, the girl that was doing the registration out pretty good. God, that's that is absolutely insane i i am a fan of that story yes (laughs) yes and i want to ask like man so how how are you able to keep it together i mean because you have to see some pretty like you say you see some pretty rowdy stuff back in the day but like how are you able to stay mindful enough to be calm like, do you practice breathing? Do you just get into this zone, like this mindset? Like, hey, you know, I've got to be the rock for this person. 
uh, as they're panicking, because, I mean, I'm sure everybody you drive up on is, like, in some sort of panic mode, right? Uh, you know, as, as you know, I can only speak for myself. I have, I guess I'm good at compartmentalizing things where this is just what I have to do. This is my job. I got to do this job. And regardless of what's going on, we got to get this job done. Um, you talked about breathing, though. Breathing, I found out, is one of the most important things. And I never realized how significant it was. Uh, we talked earlier about uh, being quarantined. I started doing a lot of meditation uh, mm. when I was quarantined. And, of course, that focuses a lot on breathing. Uh, and one of the things that it taught me, and although I had always found this out on my own, this just further solidified my beliefs. If you walk up and there's a cardiac arrest or a, a crazy trauma victim or my worst calls, the calls that really actually uh, get to me, or you pull up on a scene, it's two in the morning, and a lady comes running out as you pull up. She's got this baby in her arms. Mm. She throws him in your arms, and he's lifeless. And she's screaming at you, save my baby. Mm. And your mind just starts racing. I mean, it feels like uh, in Star Wars, when they go into hyperspace and all the stars and everything starts flying yes. by. That's what, but you, you, you can't be that way. And you have to take one big deep breath, maybe two or three. And you, and I always call it just resetting my brain. You have to slow everything, just like stop it and then let it slowly uh, remember, okay, what do I need to do first? What do I need to do second? What do I need to do third? And just it helps you to, to, to keep your calm, to, to not let things get out of hand. Because if you do, you know, chaos is going to start happening. And so we're talking about. We're talking about huh? we're talking about process. Your mind's going into process mode, and you're like, okay, I, here's my end result. Here's my steps to get there, and and that's what kind of breaks that cycle for you. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a. It's for me. It's like just a brain reset. Take a big deep breath. Like I said, if you have to take two, take two. But whatever you do, you've got to to slow the situation down. The your your brain wants to go into overdrive, and you've got to slow it down. And it gets chaotic. And the people that you're working with, they see you getting chaotic. Well, that chaos is contagious. It's very contagious. They're going to start getting But if you can reset your brain, uh, your confidence will come back. And confidence, that's even more contagious. And everyone else will fall in line. Okay, this guy, he's calm. He's got it. We've all got it. We're going to get it done. That's cool, man. That's that really cool. It is. It's I remember – it's hard to do. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, it's, you know, like I said, when somebody throws a dead baby in your arms, it is hard to calm your brain. I would I, think, I would yeah. think probably right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, man, I remember, uh, after our episode with Ryan where he had, um, quoted that person from, what is that game of thrones i think you had you had said a sent a comment through twitter about how you know keeping your calm and being that being that uh that person that everyone looks at whenever there's a situation is like is is one of the things that you strive for because you want people to know that you're in charge when you show up somewhere yeah yeah uh and a lot of that is, you know, once again, that all falls back on your breathing. If you can remain calm and just look competent and, and move with confidence and, and give orders with confidence, that is so assuring to everybody you're working with, you know, because they their mind wants to start racing, too. And once they see you, the guy that's giving the orders and telling everybody what to do is calm and collected and knows what he's doing. They get that feeling. Hey, you know what? I know what I'm doing, too. OK, so, Frank, I have to tell you this. I know we've had conversations about, you know, who we're going to take with us to our bug out spot uh, in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and I and I know you were my number three, but I'm going to have to go with Tom now. Yeah, same here. If if yeah. I had to pick between you and Tom, I'm tef- definitely going with Tom. If I have to pick between me and Tom, I'm going with Tom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, except except that, except that I have the skill set that I can that I can create a campsite and feed Tom. Oh, I just need to keep Tom alive in a zombie apocalypse, and I'll be safe. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you know this, but I have fourteen carrier pigeons laid out <laughs> throughout Houston. 
and I will find him. <laughs> do you send them back and forth between Mike Tyson's carrier pigeons? Do you guys communicate? Those are too far. No, don't be ridiculous. Oh, okay. Pigeons, <laughs> pigeons can fly quite a ways. Yes, they can. I don't think you understand the effect, the actual circumference of a pigeon. I mean, that's, we're talking, where does the guy live, right? California, Chicago? It's fine. They'll get there. I think a, a pigeon might make it to Oklahoma, maybe. Well, I mean, he's got to get some food. You know, he's got to yeah. go pick up some worms and some grubs. But, yeah. you know, he you might know. keep going. Who knows, man? He might hitch a ride on a bigger burn and be like, hey, I got to get this message over here. I can imagine. Mike, Mike Tyson's place. I can imagine the, the messages you're sending to Mike, Tygen, Mike Tyson is like, what is your tiger's name? Absolutely. What does he like? To, what do you feed him? How many stripes have you counted on him? <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> so, Tom, man, with with all that, you know, talking about having that uh, the ability to keep your mental focus, man. Do you see yourself as as the rock or the ripple that make things happen around you? Uh, you know, pretty much. And it's a blessing and it's a curse, but I'm more like a rock. You know, I'm just jumping. I'm all in, uh, especially in my personal life and the things that I, I try to achieve. I can become just like the single minded entity. You know, and everything I'm doing is just encompassed in this one goal. And, uh, and sometimes, like I say, that's good or bad, you know, and, and, and I'm like that, too. in in real life, as far as dealing with people and, you know. If I've got a problem with you, I'm, I can be very confrontational. Um, I don't know how to beat around the bush, you know, so to speak. Uh, but I do think it, it's a lot more positive that, you know, you just go all in. You want to do something, man, just go for it. Just take that leap, go all in and go after it. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Shane, man? What do, you, do you think you're a ripple or, or the rock that generates the ripple? I'm I'm a I'm a ripple because I'm affected by things around me and people that are around me. I'm not a super forceful guy. Um, I like to be I like to make people happy. I'm a pleaser, um, and I'm not I'm I'm motivated, but I'm not um, I'm not the kind of person that has lofty goals that I'm trying to achieve uh, because most of the great things that have happened in my life have happened because. God has opened a door and pushed me through it versus me seeking it. Anytime I try and seek something and force my way into it, it winds up being the wrong decision. But if I, if I go where the, the flow of, of, of God's river drives me, that's where I tend to be happiest and tend to be more successful. Um, so I'm, I'm more of a ripple. I'm more of the guy, the, the, the butterfly wing that maybe affects something somewhere else for somebody um, versus a, a direct effect. I'm more of an indirect effect kind of guy. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Frank, yeah. Frank, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to peg you as a rock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't see myself as a rock or a ripple. Um, Those I, were I'm, the only two options. You, you can't, <laughs> you can't come up with a third option on the spot. Uh, I mean, because like for me, man, a rock is somebody that, you know, when you think about it, the the concept is, of course, you know, throwing a rock into a a, a flat lake and watching the ripples as it goes. Right. Um, For me, man, like I don't I don't feel like I generate that kind of energy. But at the same time, um, if if I was a ripple, like I think I'd peter out really quickly. And <laughs> like my ripple would go like maybe two or three rings and I'm done. Like, all right. <laughs> Are you, so, so you're more, you're more like the catfish underneath that's just watching it happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I was going to say, you know, I'm like the bedrock at the bottom that just watches everything go down or maybe I'm the water. Like, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. I well, don't... Te- technically the ripple is the water. I don't know if you know much about a science. Not really. The ripple is the motion generated. The water is the, is the, um, the conduit, I guess it's right. Cause I mean, conduit. the water's, the water's just there. It look, takes look the at, rock, the looking, energy. Looking at you getting all 
getting all 12th grade science on us, the conduit. <laughs> yeah, I talked to a sixth grader today during martial arts, and he's like, yeah, we started physics today. I was like, what the what? Physics? You're sixth grade. He's like, yeah, you know, we're talking about inertia and motion. And I'm like, are you doing actual problems? He's like, yeah, let me write one down for you. I was like, nah, that's cool. And, and then his dad came up. He's like, hey, why are you talking to my kid? Yeah. Nah, nah. He's a, he's a really funny kid. He he plays really well with my my two sons. So like I'm always like trying to be real nice and friendly to the guy because he he shows up by himself. I think his his parents drop him off and like he just kind of chills. He's a really quiet guy. You know, he's very very uh, well mannered. You know, yes sirs, no ma'ams. He holds the door open for people. So like I try to try to be friendly to the little dude. That's only the second time I've ever heard about you being nice to somebody. Man, I'm nice all the time, man. <laughs> now, the only the only other person I've ever known for you to be nice to was that uh, homeless lady with the Coke bottle glasses. Hey, man, that lady was hungry. <laughs> she wasn't hungry. She was trying to scam a dollar. She only took your fries because she didn't know what else to say. You were like, she was like, can I get some money? And you're like, no, but I have these french fries. And, and she couldn't say no because... You know, she wanted to play the game, man. Hate the what can I buy with French fries? Yeah, what can I buy? With, I can't <laughs> buy crack cocaine with French fries. But now this, I've told this guy I'm hungry and he's gonna give me some fries. So I, I got to take these damn fries now. She needs to learn how to barter. You get a couple right. of paper clips, French fries, work your way up to a Ferrari, baby. Who owns Bada Town? Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 What were you gonna say? You said you see me as the Rock. What is the uh, well, the reason I, I I don't see you as like a, a the rock in a way where it's forceful, maybe more like a skipping rock across the pond, right? So it skips across and it makes tiny little waves as it goes by before it finally lands gentle, right? And and that's the way you interact with society, where you've got these small moments that I've seen with coworkers and stuff. You've got these small moments that might ripple for them. And then, and then you're off to the next person or the next thing. That's fair. So, so not like somebody threw a big rock in. They were, they were skipping a tiny stone across a pond. I'm a little stone. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's weird. That, that's weird. We, we, should, uh, we should write a philosophy book about that. I think we just dug into something that no one's ever talked about. For real, man. And I mean, like, you know, not that we know Tom or not, you know, we've we've only talked to him two or three times, but it, interactions and stuff like that. And, you know, I know we've had conversations uh, via text and stuff that, you know, you're you are people's counselors, you know, and, and I'm sure even when you show up on a scene, you know, you have to be in a counseling mindset to those folks to, you know, help calm them down. And I wanted to ask you when you had said that, when you tell people to calm down, um, does that help or hurt you? Like, Hey, calm down. Like people don't tell me to calm down. Get out of my face. Um, (laughs) You've been there. You've seen that happen. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I have. (laughs) Well, we're we're married. We're married. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I mean, uh, it's all in the way you say things. You know, uh, sometimes you don't tell them to calm down, but sometimes I'll tell them, can you talk a little slower? I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding you or, you know, you find some other way to get them to slow down. Well, I had a woman yesterday and we actually had to go to our house twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, that's what I had to do. I had to get her to just slow down. She was her mom. She was calling for her mom. Her mom really was fine, but she was not used to seeing her mom in that situation. So she was panicking mm-hmm. and she was really making the situation a lot worse than it was. And I think, ma'am, you know, for one second, just, just hold on one second. And I, if I can get her to stop talking so I can talk to the mom, usually once they see the mom's okay and mom's answering all the questions and, and mom's not in as bad a distress as she's thinking she is, that helps her to slow down and calm down too. Have you ever told someone, uh, you know, we're just going to have to take a time out right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to, but uh, I've never had to, to, to go that far. No. 
Golly. <laughs> uh, ma'am, you're going to have to back up because you're invading my space and you need to calm down. <laughs> I, I haven't dealt with anything uh, anywhere near like what you've dealt with, uh, but I've, I've been in a support system where I'm supporting other people that are panicky for whatever IT reason. And uh, one, just one time, and, and I, I didn't remember it till now, but just one time I needed somebody to calm down so that that, because, because when you're in a support system, you need to partner with the other person. You're right. You need to get information from them. You need to, to think critically a little bit and kind of help you out and give you the information you need to fix their problem. And so I had someone that was just losing their ever loving mind on me. And I said, okay, so, so we have to start at square one. My first question is, uh, who's your favorite superhero? And just take <laughs> take them completely out of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Just reset their brain entirely. Take them completely out of their of their train of thought. And uh, this guy was like, "Oh, it's Wonder Woman." I was like, "Okay, so let's go with number two. What? Let's talk about the actual problem." And somehow, I don't know, that was a godsend. Somehow, that reset this this gal to to be a cooperator instead of a a loose cannon. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Look at you being all uh, psychology. Who's your favorite superhero? Yeah, well, you know. What's, what's I, your I, name, girl? I try and understand the human mind because I'm actually an Anunnaki. <laughs> <laughs> How can I get her to mine my gold? Anunnaki! <laughs> Oh my god, it's so crazy, man. Crazy, crazy. All right, Tom. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Tonight. It was Dolomite tonight. Uh tonight. Uh man, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Once again, I'm going to try to get this out for the Halloween special. Um one of our our favorite guests as so why we've asked you on twice here. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, we'll get a kick out of it, and we always get to learn something new. Oh, awesome, I, man. Thank you for the invitation, man. I really appreciate it. I had a good time. I sure do. I think you've got a, a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience um, that, that's unique, and uh, I think you enrich the lot. Is that a way, your way of telling me I'm old? No, no. <laughs> for real. When I come across people that are that are different from me, I like to I like to mine that well. Um, and uh, I, I think you're you know, you can tell talking to you that you're an inspiration to people. And I think that's really cool, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And you got to let us know as soon as you're done with at least half of the book, if not more. So uh, we can get you on and start talking about that, man. And then this is writing a book is actually a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. You know, telling my own little short stories of, about my life is easy, but making up something, oh man, that's a whole different, uh, Oh man, different I agree. I've, I've written two books and I burned them both. <laughs> I actually, he's like, ah. yeah. one of them, I, I was so disappointed about three quarters. I got three quarters of the way through and I was so disappointed. I reformatted my hard drive. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I need to clear this from human existence. Wow. Wow. That's that's going o- over. You are Ripple. Get out of here. <laughs> Jeez, man. Taking it to the next level. Yeah, also, man, whenever you get your um whenever you get your uh workout stuff going, man, let me know definitely. Definitely. Get you back I want the world to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we'll get into talk about proper form, the best way to build shoulders, your best oh. trap workouts, and we can get into it. That we could talk fun. about the, the carrier pigeon, to how to get in contact. That's right. Uh, quickest do, route. Why, why, <laughs> why leg day is the day you should do at least twice a week. Oh, God, I did that today. I did that, the, I did that on – I did leg day on Wednesday – and my legs are still crushed. I'm still walking like a baby deer. Well, that's good. <laughs> Is it, though? Pain uh, reminds uh, you you're alive. That's what I always tell myself. 
You know what? You know, I watch a lot of these workout guys on uh, on YouTube. I've picked out a few that I think are are unique and they bring some science to it and they understand the human anatomy and the human body. And uh, there's this one guy and he talks about he's like, listen, if you're not making yourself feel like you're about to crap your pants, then you're not doing it right. Leg day gets like that. Yes, it does. It did did for me. Oh, man, Wednesday was rough. And I'm doing leg day again tomorrow. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to survive the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Get out there and do something that makes you sweat and sore. Good night. I said, well... He was out here riding his bike in the dark, and a chupacabra came out of the street and bit him right on his feet. And they looked at me and they said, oh, oh. I said, yes, sir. But when somebody's telling you this, and you're in this dark, deserted road, that the mm-hmm. devil's coming right now. You leave. I'm like, yeah. I'm about to leave. Yeah. Let's start rolling towards the hospital. It only gets like that when you refuse to touch it.